You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 1102 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening as always, and what a weekend for exciting finishes in motorsports, both locally and nationally, and I'll tell you what, I am damn lucky to get to do the things I get to do in local racing. I saw two phenomenal finishes this weekend, three actually, uh, and what a what a great weekend of racing. It was Thursday, a little disappointing with the rain out at Lancaster, uh, and, and never really rained, but it was uh, business decision. You have you got to do what you got to do. But that but Friday and Saturday more than made up for it. Friday night at Ranceville, watching Matt Williamson, Eric Rudolph, and Mike Bowman battle for the 358 modified feature win. And then last night the Jocasta Motor Speedway race of champions modified series, seeing Tommy Catalano hold off Andy Jankowiak to get his first career series win. Speaking of which, Tommy will be on the show here this morning at the bottom of the hour. And also the Super Modifieds, the International Super Modified Association race, Chris Purley holding off Mike Lichty. Lichty trying a uh, great run to the outside off at turn two with two laps to go and nearly lost the car. Uh, Just darn good racing. Got to see this weekend in person and then come home and watch the cup race and see Kyle and Kurt Busch slug it out in an overtime finish. And Kurt Busch gets his first win of the season, first win with Chip Ganassi racing and becomes the latest winner in the Monster Energy Cup Series. He picked up the win last night at Kentucky. And uh, just before I went in the air, Mike was literally doing, uh, during Mike's update here at the top of the hour, uh, I had um, the Formula One race on. So ESPN2 cut from the, or the coverage from Sky Sports of the Formula One race in Britain uh, wrapped up. So they went to Sports Center or tail into Sports Center. I don't know, whatever version of Sports Center is on the air. And they, they were showing the, highlights from the race last night and then they cut to a, a segment or a, a segue into this thing about notable brother uh rivalries or, or uh bro- you know brothers playing against each other in sports and the thing they led off with made me laugh because it was Wayne and Keith Primo fighting Wayne Primo in his Sabres goat head jersey number 76 just slugging it out lit- literally with his brother Keith in a fight when Keith played for the Hartford Whalers so that gave me a chuckle here at the top of the hour but uh, but Sports Center, hey, showing NASCAR highlights. How about that? Um, but a great finish last night. Uh, lots of great finishes this weekend. Love to hear your favorite finishes of the weekend. 803-0550-1888-550-2550. Coming up on today's program, uh, we mentioned Tommy Catalano is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Tommy got his first career uh, race of champion series win Last night at the Jucasa Motor Speedway, he'll join us at the bottom of the hour. Coming up in about 10 minutes, though, you're going to hear from Joey Logano, the reigning uh, Monster Energy Cup Series champion. Had a chance to talk to Joey one-on-one. Uh, we recorded the interview on Friday, so it's before the race last night at Kentucky, so it's more of a general conversation about his season and defending his cup championship, but still good stuff and was uh, 
happy to be speaking with the uh, the champ, and uh, you'll hear from that in about 10 minutes. But uh, Joey had the lead. Looked like Logano was on his way to win the race last night. It would have been a classic fast track win because it seems like we have a lot of drivers come on the show and then they win their next race. Uh you know, Matt Williamson, Kenny Schrader both did that this year already on the program. But instead, Bubba Wallace spins out with about six laps to go, sets up an overtime finish, and Joey just got blown away on the restart. Kyle gets by, Eric Jones gets by, Kurt gets by. Kyle takes off three wide through the middle to take the lead, but then Kurt comes battling back on the outside and holds his brother off, uh, leaning on each other on their final lap, but I think had it been anybody else, Kyle would have put the both of them in the wall, but instead, uh, I don't know, I'm assuming that thought must go, Kyle must know he's racing his brother, and I think, not that he let him win, but I think he maybe didn't get as physical had it been anybody else, I think, to his outside, and maybe because it was Kurt that he didn't, I don't again, I think he easily could have put the both of them in the wall, and Eric Jones would have won that race last night, but instead, Kurt got the win over Kyle, uh, Kyle, Kurt Kyle, 1-2. It's the first time ever. Uh, Nick Bromberg from Yahoo Sports pointed us on Twitter. It's the first time ever Kurt Kyle, 1-2, finish in the Cup Series. Kyle Kurt has happened twice, including this year at Bristol. But it's the first time Kurt got his younger brother in a 1-2 finish in a Cup Series race. Eric Jones finishing third. Joey uh, Kyle Larson, fourth. Denny Hamlin in fifth. Clint Boyer, sixth. Logano wound up seventh after leading there and looked to be on his way to win. Daniel Suarez, eighth. Ryan Newman, a good run for him in ninth. Chris Buescher, another strong run for JTG Doherty Racing, rounding out the top ten. Other uh, notable names, Ryan Blaney finishing 13th. Chase Elliott, uh, he had hit the wall, cut a tire very early in the race, comes back to finish 15th. Uh, Alex Bowman, 17th. Brad Kozlowski had, uh, or Martin Truex was 19th. Brad Kozlowski had engine issues, I believe, throughout most of the race, was 20th. Kevin Harvick out to to lunch, I guess. Uh, uh, he also had an uncontrolled tire penalty on pit road. He wound up back in 22nd. Uh, Jimmy Johnson had some issues. He finished 30th. Kind of a notable names in the field um, last night there at Kentucky. But really, the the great finish kind of saved what what was kind of a I don't know pedestrian race last night. Typical mile and a half. Nothing super exciting happened. The first segment. They had the Stuart Haas cars up there and thought, hey, maybe this is finally going to be Stuart Haas's night. You had Suarez and Boyer and Harvick all up there at the front of the field in the first stage. But then they uh, had the pit stops, and Kurt Busch's team took the gamble, went no tires, paid off. Kurt got the first stage win. Second stage, Kyle Busch comes up and, uh, of course, during an NBC commercial, got by uh, both Boyer and Stenhouse to take the lead. I couldn't believe NBC went to the commercial when they did because it looked like Boyer was closing in on Stenhouse. They go to commercial, come back. It's like, oh, hey, Kyle Busch is in the lead. Here's what you missed <laughs> during the commercial break as he passed two cars to go into first place. Kyle dominates the rest of the second stage. Third stage, things finally got interesting with about 75, 70, 75 laps to go when it was Kurt and Kyle and Clint Boyer uh, racing for the lead. That was the race finally got interesting there. And then, of course, you had Kyle and Joey putting on a show. Would have been the battle of the race had it not been the overtime finish with about 20 to go, cycling through green flag pit stops and Joey and Kyle were battling for essentially the lead once the field had cycled through on the green flag stops. They were technically, I think, second and third at the time. But the great battle there. Some contact. Uh, both got, uh, Joey almost lost it at one point on the apron. And instead, um, he, um, Joey got the lead and again took off. Looked like he was gone. And then Bubba spins with six to go and sets up the thrilling overtime start. So again, a great finish. Uh, saves was uh, an uneventful race. At least the first two thirds was uneventful, and uh, you know NASCAR gets to 
flout the uh, tout the arrow package uh, for another week with great passing. And yeah, it again, it's great on short runs and restarts. It, it looks phenomenal, but the long run still, you know, we saw Kyle just kind of blow everybody's doors off in that second stage. But good finish, uh, exciting finish, and Kurt is your uh, latest winner in the Cup Series. And a little redemption for Kurt Busch, of course, after last week at Daytona, the uh, Coke Zero 400 Daytona last week, getting rain delayed to Sunday, and then the rate they finally get the race going on Sunday, and then Austin Dillon leading, and he tangles. Um, I remember now who was oh Clint Boyer was running second, uh, Austin Dillon trying to block Boyer. Dillon runs out of talent again and wrecks half the, literally half the field, seventeen cars. Kurt Busch gets through the carnage. Takes the lead, the rain comes, and so they're, they're or no, they're rolling under caution, and then the, the rain is coming in, so everybody's you know driving over their heads because they know it could rain at any minute, and they know that uh, the race could be complete because we were past the second stage, so everybody was racing every lap like it was the last lap. Uh, the wreck happens. Kurt's got the lead. The thun- thunder hits. The track right before they're about to restart, or light. There's not thunder. Lightning hits near the track just before they're to go back to green, and Kurt comes down pit road thinking the race is going to get restarted. He loses the race because of that decision. Uh, gets, you know, the call by NASCAR. I mean, NASCAR had to make the call because lightning struck within eight miles of the track. They bring the cars down pit road. It rains, and they never get the restarted. And freaking Justin Haley and Spire Motorsports wins the race last week at Daytona. And I get it. Rain short and races produce crazy winners. It happens. I'm sorry. It was still a major embarrassment, I thought, for Justin Haley and the 77 team to win that race last week. I know, uh, you know, there's there was a there's a vocal minority in the NASCAR media, and when they, you know, like to point things out and give their side of the story, the guess you could say mainstream NASCAR media loves to trample down on them and say that they're wrong, and it it really gets ugly. Um, but th- there's. You know, got people like Matt Weaver, Nick Bromberg that we've had on this show before, you know, were voicing their opinion how this wasn't a great look for the 77 team to win. And um, a lot of more mainstream, not mainstream, but I guess media members that have been around the sport longer and are on the beat and may even be employed by NASCAR in some way, you know, uh, voicing, telling them that they're wrong almost. Uh, but th- this Spire Motorsports team, this same team that won last week at Daytona last night, had Quinn Huff, who I still have no idea who he is. He finished nine laps down in 34th last night, and they won last week at Daytona. Again, they lucked into it. They stayed out there. That's not the part I have the problem with, but the fact that uh, I, basically a field filler, the, the, the people at Spire Motorsports bought the charter from Furnish Row Racing last year, um, so basically, they bought their way into the field. No matter how they're running, very low level equipment. They don't even have their own shop. Um, they're they're not even you know running the same driver all season, and they just kind of luck into a win. And it really doesn't mean anything because Justin Haley's running for the Xfinity Series points or Truck Series points, uh, tr- Xfinity Series points. Um, you know they're not even going to make the owners' playoffs because they don't earn enough points because they're just a back marker. But and they're going to just try and make money off of, you know, being a 34th, 35th place team all season and they luck into a win. And 
uh, that that's racing. I get it, but still, for a team like that to win, I just, I just found it uh, embarrassing, and I was disappointed with how that played out. He, you know, had it been Kurt Busch, he would have lucked into the win too, because he would have he gotten through the field when that big crash happened, and then the rain would have hit. He would have won. But it, they're a full time. They look at they could have they won last night. They're a full time team. They put in the effort every week. It would have been. I guess you could say a little more deserving than a a team that is since they can't have starting parkers anymore. The a, a half a step up from being a starting park team, really, um, with this Spire Motorsports team. On top of that, the uh, conflicts of interest with just the Spire Motorsports or, or Spire Marketing, what whatever their name is. Uh, being involved as a team owner when they represent other drivers in the sport, their agents as well too, and uh, I don't. That's just another part of it. That's not as uh, people like the again the the journalists that I mentioned that are, that are a little more upset about this. That was another point they brought up. Something I really wasn't aware of, but another point that really in any other sport, age, you know, agents of the athletes wouldn't be owning a team in any other sport. So that's just another weird thing about this 77 team that they're in the position that they are today but again it's not like they broke the rules or anything but just looking at everything behind that 77 team I just thought was a little embarrassing to have them win the race last week at Daytona but again that event produces winners like that where it's either uh you know just a super speedway race where a lot of the front runners wreck and you've got a Trevor Bain, you know, winning the Daytona 500, or you get a rain-delayed situation like we got last week. You got both really possibilities that lead to these type of winners at Daytona. You had both of them. You had the big one taking out half the field, and you had a rain delay or a rain-shortened race, which creates moments like this. But uh, just out of any other, almost any other driver in the field would have been the one to have won that race last week at Daytona. It wouldn't have been as big as many people wouldn't have been upset or disappointed or embarrassed for the sport to see that team win. So luckily we had that little palate cleanser last night in Kentucky. Good to see Kurt kind of bounce back. Um, again, he would have lucked into the win too, but still stinks for him that they decided to come down pit road. They thought the race was going to restart. Well, it was going to restart and then the lightning struck and NASCAR had to, uh, you know, throw a red flag and then it rained and they could never, and they almost got the race restarted once and then it rained again and they could just never, uh, and then NASCAR threw in the towel because they didn't want to be there till 11 o'clock midnight on a Sunday after being there all day before. I don't blame NASCAR for calling the race the way they did, but it just, again, not thrilled with the 77 team and Justin Haley winning last week. Really more about the team itself, not Justin Haley. Great, uh, you know, a, a great young driver. Hopefully he'll land a cup ride with a, actual team that can run at least in the top 25 in the future, but still just left a bad taste in my mouth last week with how things played out at Daytona and uh, wish they would have been able to get the restarted. race restarted. Uh, 803-0551, 888-552-550. Right now, though, we're going to go back to Friday and had a chance to chat with Joey Logano, the reigning 2019 Cup Se- or 2018 Cup Series champion, current points leader here in 2019 in the Monster Energy Cup Series. Uh, didn't get a great run Last, well, he had a good finish in seventh, but thought he was going to win the race. But this interview with Joey is from Friday afternoon, so a little more general topics. Didn't get into the race weekend in Kentucky, but here is Joey Logano on Fast Track. Uh, well, Joey, uh, you know, about halfway through here, your title defense in 2019 with the Monster Energy Cup Series and two wins leading the point standings. But how would you assess your performance and your, and your 22 team so far uh, halfway through this season? Uh, pretty good. Um, you know, maybe not exactly where we want to be, 
um, quite yet. You know, I think um, you know early in the season we had some really fast cars. We didn't capitalize on on the victories uh, as many as, as I'd like to. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, maybe, maybe I'm a little greedy, but that's kind of how I am. And um, you know, but I think you know overall we've been fairly consistent. That's why we see the uh, that points lead there and, and being able to uh, score stage points has probably been our biggest strength. Uh, throughout the races, we've been able to score quite a few stage points, so we want to try to continue that and try to uh, get this regular season championship uh, after the first 26 races, hopefully, and get those 15 playoff points that come along with it and uh, you know, fire off into the playoffs with uh, a little bit of a cushion. That's kind of what we're shooting for right now. So definitely the focus here for the rest of what we call the regular season is you're still going to be going for W's, and it it's really not any kind of... Uh, maybe trying something out of the box or something or, or getting something ready for the playoffs, but you're going to be going all out here through the rest of the summer then, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, with this new rules package, everything's outside of the box. <laughs> There's not a box. <laughs> That's right. kind of how it works. So until we figure out, you know, uh, kind of a general area where we like to, to have our car at each racetrack, uh, we, don't, we don't have that yet. So it'll take a little bit to figure that out. A lot of different drivers have voiced a number of opinions on the package, and I, I know you've been asked this question probably tons of times this year, but just for us, our listeners here in Buffalo, um, just your thoughts on dry, racing the aero package through the first half of the season and, and how it suits or may not suit your driving style. Yeah, I think, you know, it, uh, it depends on the racetrack, right? I think when it comes to mile-and-a-half racing, I think it's improved it uh, drastically, especially at you know particular racetracks. You think of you know whether it's Chicago or um, you know Atlanta, uh, you know Vegas. There's been a lot of really good races. Michigan, you know, uh, you know those type of racetracks. It's, it's, I think it's helped it, made it very intense. Uh, a lot of pushing and shoving. It's just been a lot of fun. Um, you know, the short tracks. Uh, I think it's kind of a wash. Uh, you know, I don't, and I don't think really had a problem short track racing before. So. Um, yeah, everything seems, uh, you know, it seems like there's definitely pros and cons. It's been a lot of fun for us, though, in general, just trying to figure out how to win, you know, how to build a fast race car, how to, uh, you know, as a driver, adapt to the, the new rules and how do you win, right? How do you pass cars? How do you, uh, you know, work the restarts? What lanes go? A lot of it's just very new to all of us. So mm. it's been a fun process trying to figure all that out. Is there any uh, experience you can draw from, uh, maybe racing the Xfinity Series, or anything you can pull from uh, that has helped you out this season uh, racing with the Aero Package? Not really. <laughs> uh, you know, it's very, it's very unique. I, I can't say that I've ever raced a car that, that drives like this right now. So um, and it's probably like that for the whole field. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of different theories. You know, you go to a racetrack and you think this, this, and this is going to happen, and you get there and Maybe two of them are right and the other one's wrong. And, you know, it, it's funny to watch the first few laps of every race because the you know, way a restart works early in the race compared to a restart at the end of the race, everybody adapts. And, uh, you know, what works for you early may not work at the end because everyone has changed their strategy and mm -hmm. how they pass cars. So that's been a, a fun thing to just kind of watch evolve <laughs> as the season's gone. 
Joey Logano joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. Joey, of uh, course, coming up in uh, about a month, uh, a lot of race fans in western New York, they'll be heading to Watkins Glen International for the GoBowling.com at the Glen. And I was looking at your stats, for, career stats from the Glen, and, and since you moved to Penske Racing, your first four years with Penske at the Glen were great. You know, four top tens, including a win in a second place. Last two years, though, you haven't had the best of luck. I remember that mechanical issue very early in the race last year, but uh, how do you approach racing at Watkins Glen and where does it kind of rank for you as a driver? Oh, I enjoy Watkins Glen a lot. You know, to, to me, Watkins Glen is the, the speedway style of, um, of road course racing. It's uh, very fast, very uh, intense, um, you know, when you're, when you're out there because, you know, you go through the S's, you're hauling the mail, and then you get to, I call it the bus stop. I believe it's the proper uh, term is the inner loop. <laughs> uh, when you get to that point, you know, you got you're on the brakes like crazy, and, and I call it the jump. Some people call it curbing, but it's a jump because <laughs> the four tires come off the ground when you go over them. So it's just a, it's a crazy racetrack, very fun, very intense. It keeps you, uh, you know, find the wheels, never a relaxing moment around that place. So uh, probably, I, I'm probably as exhausted at the end of that race as I am about any other, uh, or probably a, every other racetrack. It's just such a, an intense racetrack the whole time you're out there. What's the biggest challenge? What's the bigger challenge for you as a driver? The bus stop or that 90-degree turn, turn one, the S's? What provides the biggest challenge for you? It's the compromise. That's, that's the biggest challenge for me is, is what, what it takes to make a race car go fast through, uh, through the bus stop is you know, kind of the opposite of what makes a car go fast through the S's and maybe the carousel uh, you know, and that turn one that you talk about. So compromising and prioritizing uh, what you need in your car is, is the most important thing. When you guys went to Sonoma, of course, uh, they added the carousel back to the, the course there at Sonoma. Um, sometimes people bring up uh, NASCAR running the boot at Watkins Glen to you know, make that track even longer, run the full layout. Would that be something you'd be in favor of, or do you like the existing layout as is? I don't care. Let's just go racing. <laughs> I don't care where we go. I just... I just, I just uh, I think it's not broke. Don't fix it. Sure. But, hey, you know, uh, if you guys want to change it up, that's what we'll do. Uh, it doesn't really make a difference to me. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about, Joe, is your spotter, TJ Majors, who came aboard last year, part of your championship team in 2018. And TJ's from this area. Uh, I remember him racing what we call cup lights here at, at my home track, Lancaster Speedway. And I know you guys were just up in Rochester uh, the other day doing doing an appearance. But uh, having him as your spotter, how has that helped you out and just how important he is to the 22 team? Yeah, TJ has been a, a great addition to our team. He's uh, um he, being a spotter is not an easy job, mm-hmm. uh, especially these days. And, and probably spotting for me might be more challenging than others. So I ask so much out of my spotter. I want so much information from him. It's not just telling you where cars are high or low or, you know, um, you know the basics. I want so much detail, uh, every corner, every lap, about everything that, that he can see. And trying to put what you see into words as quickly as he does is amazing. <laughs> uh, I know I can't do it. I'm glad I'm inside the car and don't have that job. But, um, you know, that trust level that we have for each other, um, his ability to kind of understand what I'm thinking uh, and tell me the information I need uh, is probably the, the biggest thing, having that chemistry. Yeah. Uh, that's probably been the biggest piece. So he's been a, a great addition for our racing. How long did that chemistry take to build last year when you guys started working together? Did it come together quickly or did it take a few races? Honestly, I feel like it took half a year Okay. Uh, to get to where, you know, where we are now. 
um, you know, every driver is different, right? And sure. you know, he fought for Dale Jr. for years, and uh, what Dale Jr. wanted, um, you know, to hear and was completely different than what I wanted. So he kind of had to get used to that. And, you know, a lot of the things that Junior used to tell him, I don't want to hear that. You're talking too much. <laughs> you know, to me, I was like, no, I want to hear that stuff. I want to I, I want to hear you every second. So uh, is for him to get used to that took a little bit of time. But, uh, you know, now I feel like we're definitely on the same page. Awesome. Well, Joey, thank you so much for the time. Best of luck in the second half of the 2019 season for the Monster Energy Cup Series, and hopefully we'll see you at Watkins Glen in about a month. All right, sounds great. See you then. Thanks. There's Joey Logano, finished seventh last night. Looked like he was going to win the race until the overtime restart and set up a Bush Brothers battle for the ages between Kurt and Kyle Bush. but appreciate time from Joey Logano on Friday and uh, catching up with him and just getting his thoughts, especially about uh, TJ Majors' spotter and just some thoughts on Watkins Glen. And uh, the Glen weekend quickly coming up here. We're just, I don't know, what, three weeks away from uh, that August, the weekend, August 3rd and 4th. Looking forward to that. Uh, Saturday we'll be at uh, Schmung Speed Drum with the Race of Champions Modifies. And then Sunday, hopefully going to do another live show from the Glen. The, it's penciled in, but we're low on the totem pole here at Intercom Buffalo. So hopefully things will happen. We'll be able to do another live show for you live from the Glen for the cup race, but uh, that is to be determined. We come back, though. Speaking of the race of champions, Tommy Catalano got his first series win last night at the Jucasa Motor Speedway in Ontario. We're going to talk to him next here on Fast Track on WGR. Hey, this is Joey Logano, driver of the number 22 Shell Penzo Ford, and you're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Thanks again to Joey Logano for some time on Friday. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Logano. IndyCar, not far from us. They're up in Toronto today for the Honda Indy Toronto. Of course, we talked to uh, the president of the Honda Indy Toronto last week here on the program. Race coming up at uh, about 3.45 today on NBC Sports Network. Coverage starts at 3 o'clock, green flag at 3.45. Simon Pagino on the pole for today's race for Penske Racing. Scott Dixon will start alongside him. Felix Rosenquist, rookie driver for... Uh, Chip Ganassi, a teammate to Dixon, will start third alongside Alexander Rossi. Joseph Newgarden is the uh, defending race winner, current series points leader. He starts fifth. Ed Jones, sixth. Marco Andretti, Sebastian Bourdais. Spencer Piggott, Takuma Sato, top ten starters for today. A little interesting uh, altercation between Bourdais and Sato following one of the practice sessions yesterday. Apparently, Sato uh, did not take a liking to uh, Bourdais passing him, apparently, during uh, the practice session on Saturday morning. Uh, Ryan Hunter-Rail start 11th today. Graham Rahal back in 12th. James Hinchcliffe, of course, the native of Toronto. He'll start 14th. Will Power back in 15th. Uh, Colton Herta back in 16th. Tony Kanaan, he'll start last, 22nd today. On the streets around Exhibition Place up there in Toronto. Again, 345 uh, there. Uh, Formula One in action already today. The British Grand Prix, no surprise. Lewis Hamilton winning over Valtteri Bottas. The moment of the race, though, happened between uh, Sebastian Vettel of Ferrari and Max Verstappen racing for position. Verstappen gets around Vettel. Two corners later, Vettel trying to overtake uh, Verstappen and get the position back and either Vettel forgets to break or breaks too late because he plows right into the back of Verstappen and sends both cars spinning. Verstappen goes launching off the curbing, uh, gets the whole car airborne. Luckily, Verstappen comes back to finish fifth. Vettel got penalized, and he wound up like 17th. But uh, I just tweeted that out during the break, actually. Um, but uh, Vettel, uh, I don't know. <laughs> 
if you saw the uh, Max McLaughlin, Eric Rudolph incident at the Super Dirt Car Series race a couple of weeks ago, it was similar to that or any super late model race down south. It seems like finishes with a move like that these days. But uh, yeah, they, I don't know. He locked it up right before he ran it in. So I think he tried to break or I, I don't know what happened. Um, I was watching here in the studio the end of the race without the audio. So if they did explain what Vettel was thinking there, I, I missed it and I apologize. But it, it, I don't know if he just lost the handle or, or forgot to break because he was trying to get around for stat. But either way, uh, check that out. That is uh, that's a, a trending moment this morning from the F1 race. Uh, 803-0551-888-550-2550. Again, last night, Kurt Busch getting the win over Kyle Busch in the uh, Monster Energy Cup Series race at Kentucky Speedway. Exciting um, overtime finish after it looked like Joey Logano had the race in the bag, but instead uh, winds up an overtime restart, and Logano sinks back to seventh, while the uh, Bush brothers wind up deciding the win last night uh, there at Kentucky and, you know, salvage what was uh, a less than exciting race, at least for the first two thirds. But the uh, final stage was pretty interesting, uh, especially with the finish there between the Bush brothers. One of the exciting finishes I've had the chance to see that I saw on TV this weekend, but I've seen two other great finishes this weekend in local racing. And one of those was last night, the Jucasa Motor Speedway with the Race of Champions Modified Series and the winner of that race, Tommy Catalano joins us on the line. Tommy, it's Dave Buchanan. Uh, good morning. Congratulations, my friend. I know I got to talk to you last night, but again, congratulations. It's got to feel good to finally get that first ROC win. Thank you for sure. You know, uh, came downstairs this morning and the trophy was still sitting on the table, so I knew it wasn't a dream. Uh, <laughs> it, it was definitely a fire relief to finally get the first one. Uh you got you and your family, of course. Your mom, Amy, your brothers, including T- Timmy Catalano, races with you uh, in the modifieds. Um, you guys have run a lot of races this year. You started back in Speed Weeks in February. You've been chasing the NASCAR Modified Tour this year on top of running the ROC Modified Tour. So you, you've you guys have put in a lot of work the last few years in general, but especially this year, running a lot of races. Uh, just how does it feel now for all that effort to, to finally pay off? Because this was one you've been chasing for so long. Uh, it, it's a, it's it's huge for us, you know. The, the amount of time we spend out in the shop and, and doing all these races, and you know, in the in the back of our mind, you know, just the more you race, the better you're going to get. And and uh, for a while there, I thought thought it was never going to come. You know, we'd been so close, and you know, seconds and thirds, and shoulda ones, and all the shoulda woulda couldas, and and to finally have it. Uh, all come together was uh, it was definitely huge. It was funny you brought it up in Victory Lane last night, but it made me th- think of kind of the Cup race at Daytona last week. Justin Haley lucked into the lead and was kind of sitting there through the rain delay, hoping the race wouldn't restart because he would get the win, which did happen. For you though, is the exact opposite. We had a rain delay last night there at Jucasa for the for, for the Great Canadian One Hundred, but you were running second, so you you had to be miserable during that rain delay. Yeah, they uh, in in my mind before the before the rain delay actually happened, you know, that's when I started putting that pressure on Chuck. You know, I wanted the lead right there, and then you know if I was leading there, we could have jumped up and down that it was time to call the race. But uh, we did, it didn't work out in our favor as far as rain delay goes, and uh, you know they were down there ready to call the race. You know, the twenty two team, and uh, we were on the other fence. You know, we wanted to finish it at that point and get back out there. So um, you know, it worked out worked out good in our favor that it didn't go back or it did go back green I should say and uh, didn't end under the rain delay 
Yeah, once we did, though, uh, business really picked up because while Chuck had some, looked like some kind of engine issue, you also had to deal with uh, the guys that finished one and two in that race a year ago on Patrick Emerling and Andy Jankowiak, and you've raced with those guys. Uh, you run a lot of laps with those guys, and they were really hounding you um, during the, those last few laps. Yeah, for sure. You know, the uh, I got out front a little bit there and finally got some breathing room. Uh, then they told me that uh, Andy got in the second, and, and that's when I knew that I had to had to join him for everything that was left in it because uh, you know Andy Andy was um, he was back a little bit at the beginning, and, and I figured that he had saved a lot more than I did at that time. And you know that's what kind of what the rings get away from me last year was going too early, not letting, not saving, and you know when the rings started coming, I. I bailed on my plan and started going hard, and so I knew uh, I didn't want to let it slip away again. But um, those guys definitely race hard, and like you said, we raced with them all over Patrick on the tour, even a little bit. Uh, so it's, it definitely felt great to, to beat some of the best in the business. And then to do it at a track like Jucasa, I mean, you know, you've we, we we run you know Lancaster and Spencer, all the tracks around here that we're so used to. But to go to a track like that that you've only been at you know one other time in a big fast track too, I, I that's got to add to it. I, it would have been great to win ev- anywhere, obviously, but just to do it at a premier facility like that. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the whole the whole place, not even just the track, but just the facility in general, was phenomenal and. Uh, you know, like you said, we'd only been there one other time, and, and the place is really fast. And, and uh, the only place I could compare it to is Oswego, and it's by far faster than Oswego. But Oswego is one of my favorite tracks as well. So going into the night, I knew that that was a, that was a track that I thought would be on my stronger side. So it uh, definitely paid off. Tommy Catalano joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. Tommy winning the Race of Champions Modified Series race at the Jucasa Motor Speedway last night. Tommy, you've also been running the uh, NASCAR Modified Tour full-time this year, and you, you've had some uh, ups, you've had some downs. You, you know, got a pole at South Boston. You, you led the first lap of the season at Myrtle Beach, uh, top 10 run at uh, Wall, and you're, you've got a nice little streak going here. Uh, uh, you know, ninth at Wall, 14th at Seekonk, 11th at Thompson, 10th at Riverhead, which is an accomplishment. Uh, how has that been going for you, going to all those different facilities and, and running on, on the NASCAR trail? Uh, you know, I think I think it helps us a ton when we come back home, and, and it's been such an up and down season on the tour. Like you said, you know, we uh, we got that pole, we let uh, over half the race itself off, and we let a little bit of Myrtle Beach in the very first race this year, and and, uh, and then we kind of fell off the bandwagon a little bit there and strung out a few bad finishes, and and now we're starting to get back in the rhythm again. And like you said, you know, we're we're back to clicking off some top tens here and, and hovering right on that top ten border. So hopefully now we can. Uh, take this momentum and put that towards the tour, kind of like we're doing with the tour for the ROC, and uh, bump up, you know, uh, start bumping on the top five. And it looks like this weekend, Loudon is on the schedule. Are you guys making the trip out to New Hampshire? And trying to think if you if you had run there before in the past. Uh, yeah, we went there last year um, for the race last year on the tour, and so we're looking forward to getting back this year. Um, we uh, got in the All-Star race this year, so that'll be some good extra laps to get some practice racing and with the drafting and stuff and hopefully get us prepared for uh, for Saturday's race. And then uh, after Loudna, I'm going to assume here that your next race will probably be much closer to home. I'm assuming you've got July 26th at the Spencer Speedway circled on your calendar for the next ROC modified race, 100 laps at your home track. We sure do. You know, I'm definitely looking forward to getting back there. Um, 
you know, last time we were there, I felt like we had a car that could win and uh, got caught up early, really early. We only made it seven laps. So I'm looking uh, forward to getting back there and hopefully uh, having a nice little redemption shot. Yeah, we did 62 laps there back in May, but 100 laps, and I'm going to assume, I haven't seen the competition notes, but I'm assuming it's not a tire change race, so 100 laps maybe on the same set of tires. I'm sure if I'm wrong, um, a certain series director will text me. Um, but uh, Challenge, there. have you ever run a race that long at Spencer before? It's been a while. I think my first two years maybe in the Big Mod, um, there was 100 lapper there, but uh the past few years, for sure, it's only been, I think, max of 75, a couple of, uh, something in the 60s, and uh, so it'll be awesome to get back there and have a 100-lap race and um, kind of see who can who has something left at the end of 100. You know, it's something that a lot of people haven't done in a really long time there, so even with the two-rail cars, you know, no one, uh, it's been all of four years since anyone's done a 100-lap race there. And, I mean, of all the tracks to really cut your teeth on, Spencer is a great track to do it because you got to have a lot of skill to get around that place. It's flat, not a lot of banking. It's almost almost a little bit like a Martinsville, I guess, maybe not as narrow. But, uh, you know, you, you've really got to be talented to get a, a car around that track fast because there's not much room for error. Yeah, for sure, you know, and... Uh... I think uh, going into the Spencer race, that would be one of those strong seats, you know, just being so close and racing there weekly for so long that uh, we kind of have that little bit of an edge on some of these guys that travel in just for these special ROC races. So um, uh, I'm definitely pumped to get back there, and hopefully we can use that to our advantage and uh, keep the streak alive. Uh, Tommy, uh, not only... Um of course, you race, your mom, Amy races, your brother, Timmy, y'all run modifieds, but then uh, the rest of your brothers, too, What, are, what they're racing, too, even right down to five-year-old Troyer running microds already right this year, right? For sure, yep. Troyer's running microds. He just picked up a win uh, the other week. Uh, that was huge. We got Trevor in the four-cylinder car, Ty's in the sportsman, and then uh, my mom, Timmy, and I all in the mobs. And then Dad gets to do all the hard work in the pits. Yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he calls the shots. Well, Tommy, um, I can't be biased as the announcer, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I was very happy to see you get that win last night. You, like you said, been so close here the last couple of years. It's just always fun to get a first time winner, regardless who it, who it is. So uh, that's always one of my favorite uh, victory lane interviews to do when it's a first time winner. And actually, I think the best moment was I, I stopped because I saw your mom running around the car and I knew she wanted to give you a big hug. So uh, congratulations, my friend. Uh, best of luck at Loud this weekend and looking forward to seeing you at Spencer Speedway in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Thank you very much. Tommy Catalano, the latest winner on the Race of Champions Modified Series, picked up the win at the Jucasa Motor Speedway last night in the Great Canadian 100. He'll be off to New Hampshire running Loudon as the NASCAR Modifieds are part of the uh, NASCAR Cup weekend this coming weekend in New Hampshire and then coming back uh, to home, his home track, Spencer Speedway, July 26th, 100 laps for the Race of Champions Modified Series. Uh, that race weekend was going to be the the Tommy Tony one uh, one ten when the uh, question marks were over at Lancaster, but once uh, Lancaster got that picture got put back together, the, the Tommy Tony went back to Lancaster, but they wanted to keep a longer distance race at Spencer, so that's how we got the one hundred lap uh, distance for that race on July twenty sixth. I believe it's the uh, the sixty fifth anniversary of Spencer Speedway or 60th anniversary of Spencer Speedway uh, anniversary 100 there in a, a couple of weeks so some exciting racing to come some exciting racing this weekend too to recap we're going to do that next as we hit the local racing roundup here on WGR's Fast Track
Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. We'll start with the Friday night action. Lancaster Dragway. Frank Malvaso got the supercharged Bounty Hunters win. Mike Sapchinski in top ET. Bill Bigham in top eight eliminator over Rich Yakos. I just wanted to mention Rich's name. Um, remember that from uh, when I was growing up going to Lancaster Dragway. Hadn't seen his name in a long time, but uh, good to see he's still racing. Reed Rickinson and Mod ET. Mike Peters three in a row in Bikes and Sleds. And the man, DJ Razor, getting the win in Street ET in the class he actually sponsors. Uh, Ranceville Speedway Friday night, you missed uh, a water race. I mean, the modified division in Ranceville has been amazing this year with Eric Rudolph and Matt Williamson and Mike Bowman. And the three of them went head-to-head-to-head to head to head in a great battle in the final ten laps. Matt Williamson coming out on top for his second straight win. Eric Rudolph second. Mike Bowman led about the first 36-37 laps of the race. But unfortunately, he had to wind up third. But an exciting battle as those three dueled through lap traffic, throwing slide jobs at each other on a track that was predominantly everybody running on the top side. But what a phenomenal race there uh, Friday night at the Big R. Uh, Corey Sawyer got the win in the street stocks. Kyle Inman got another sportsman win. Chris Leone won the Dick Wilkinson tribute race in the mini stocks. And Bubby Pollock got his third win of the year in the Novice Sportsman Friday at Ransomville. Saturday night action over at the uh, Genesee Speedway in Batavia. It was Jeremy Wonderling scoring another crate late model win. Sarah Johnson in the Sportsman over Cameron Tuttle and Zach George. Dennis Cummings in the street stocks. Cole Susie in the mini stocks. And Jake Bansmer getting the win in the Bandits there at Genesee. Merrittville Speedway last night. Matt Williamson getting his second win of the weekend. This time uh, he won the Jerry Winger Memorial there on Hall of Fame night at Merrittville over Mike Bowman and Ryan Susie. Good to see Ryan finish 30. Needed a good finish this year. Brad Rouse in the sportsman over Ryan Ferry and Paul Gabori. Tyler LaFontese in the four cylinders. And uh, John Couture getting the win in the six cylinders there at Merrittville. Uh, Wyoming County last night, Kevin Timmerman getting the win in the SST Modifieds as uh, I think he was driving for Ricky Knapp last night. Dave Krosick, another super stock win. Briar Dills got a first career win in the four-cylinders. Congrats to Briar. Kenny Haina also getting a four-cylinder win. Brian Hallett picking up the win. I believe that was in the uh, six-cylinders last night there in Wyoming County. Thank you to uh, Denny Delora for sending me those uh, results over on Facebook. Really appreciate that. And of course, last night at Jucasa, Tommy Catalano, who we just spoke with, got the win in the Modifieds over Andy Jankowiak, Patrick Emerling, Chuck Kosfeld, and Scott Wiley. Chris Purley, the Rowley Rocket, getting the win in the Isma Super Modified 50 lapper as he held off a hard-charging Mike Lichty in the closing laps. And uh, man, Lichty was a rocket there late in the race. Rap, ripped off a 15.1 second lap. Again, go... Two to go, turn two, tried the outside, and there had been a bunch of speedy drive put down in turn two early in practice when Mike Muldoon's car blew up, and I think that just made that outside line hard for the Supers last night because he broke loose, odded two. I thought he was going to spit it on the backstretch. He saved it to finish second, but a great battle there between Pearlie and Lichty. Uh, Dan Bowes, who won the race last year, uh, finished third last night. Really, that event with the Modifieds and the Isma Supers, I think it's just, it's an underrated event on the local racing calendar. And uh, you really need to check it out. Hopefully we can do it again next year uh, as uh, Alex Nagy, uh, the Hill family, and uh, all the staff there at Jucasa, they've done a great job revitalizing that facility. Uh, They've got an event coming up uh, this Thursday night, I believe, with the APC Late Models. And they've got, of course, the big uh, $100,000 to win 
uh, one million or almost a one million dollar purse late model race coming up Labor Day weekend. So really need to check that out uh, over there in uh, Nell's Corners, Ontario. It's about I don't know forty five minutes south of Hamilton. Really, it's a straight shot once you get across the Peace Bridge down Highway three uh, to get over there to Nell's Corners and Drew Casa Motor Speedway. Um, Excuse me. Coming up this weekend, I uh, want to mention uh, Lancaster Speedway Stock Car Program got rained out on Thursday. We'll try it again this Saturday night at 630. We've got the Race of Champions Sportsman and Late Models, Street Stocks, Four Cylinders, and TQ Midgets, plus Autograph Night coming up this Saturday night. So uh, looking forward to, to getting back to my home track on Saturday to call the action there. Uh, as, uh, again, tough break Thursday with, the again, the just a crappy forecast all week. We just expected it to rain, and fortunately... Uh, the lake just kind of broke everything up as it was coming across and uh, missed out on Thursday's show, but we'll try again this Saturday night with a great five division program and hope everybody comes out to check it out. That'll do it for this week's program. Uh, enjoy the IndyCar race from Toronto, especially if you're on your way there or, or you're already up there. Uh, enjoy the race today there in Toronto. Again, that's 345 on NBC Sports Network, and we'll talk to you next Sunday here on Fast Track. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.